0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, uh, way back in the late 1900s, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I used to work for uh, a pretty big outfit uh, called the Rocker Bee Ranch outside of Big Lake, Texas, and we had a uh, we had a wagon boss out there that all he wore was pearl snap white Wrangler button down shirts. Right? You ever seen those guys? He was one of those that looks cool, like he had the 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 starched you know line down it down it. And like I could see him going to a branding and I kid you not one time, if you have never pulled a windmill, um, go with somebody sometime and pull a windmill, especially when something happens called the bottom check is holding and you have to pull pipe. It means that every time you pull a joint of of. Uh, sucker rod out of the hole and the pipe that it still got water in it when you undo it the water goes everywhere right I watched this man one time in a white shirt when we were pulling a windmill at the end of it he looked just like he did when he started he didn't have a speck of dirt on him I don't know how this man was a heck of a good cowboy and he never got dirty now see me there is a question that I'm asked all the time by my lovely wife. Well, the, the question that I get asked most of the time is, is when she asks me, how did I get so lucky? That's, that's usually the question she asks me a lot. Man! Y'all are y'all are y'all are rough this morning, you know. Y'all are rough. Now, uh, but anyway, like the other day, Candy came in. She goes, "What did you get all over these clothes?" I was like, "Oh, that that right there. <laughs> that's green mu- that's that green mucus slime you put in the tires." And she said, "Well, did you get any in the tire?" I said, "No." <laughs> And if you put about 62 pounds of pressure on that little pump and whenever it blows off the valve stem, that stuff goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. So this guy could pull a windmill, not get any dirt on him, he could go to a branding, look just as clean as everything else, and what does that have to do with Easter? Well, you see we have a God that isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. What is different about Christianity? You know, we were talking the other day with some people and I said, have you ever noticed, or they, they asked me, they said, have you ever noticed that nobody ever criticizes like Hindus? There's no YouTube channels by atheists disproving Hinduism or Buddhism or Islamicism, or, you know, whatever all of those are. They said, why do people only attack Christianity? And I said, well, that's easy. Because it's the truth. It's the only truth. That's why it's attacked. And one of the things that makes Christianity so different is our God and the fact that he acts completely, completely different than any of these other so-called gods that people worship. See, we have a God that's not afraid to get his hands dirty. How do I know that? In Genesis chapter 2, verse seven, it says, "'Then the Lord God formed the man "'from the dust of the ground.'" He breathed life, he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. God is not afraid to get his hands dirty. When he made us, he took some dirt and molded it up. Have you ever tried to mold anything like make something? One time I was at a buddy's house and he had a little, little bitty old kid and there's just something about, does anybody else play with Play-Doh? or is it just me? Cuz I like Play-Doh. I do. I like Play-Doh. And so I made me I spent like 2 hours while everybody's visiting and barbecuing and everything, I'm over there with a the Play-Doh. I made the coolest little green saddle out of Play-Doh. Like I thought it was like I was going to open up an art gallery. I mean, it was it was it was pretty good. But still it it just looked like a toy replica but but God took dirt, made us out of it and breathed life into our nostrils. I've always thought that that was weird. I just, I'm gonna have to admit, not in his mouth. It says he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. So I uh, guess he didn't, you know. You know what cowboy CPR is, right? Hey, you better breathe before you die, <laughs> right? I guess God didn't want to put his lips on ours either. (laughs) See, our God is not a God that is afraid to get his hands dirty. What else do we know about our God? That he's not afraid of getting his hands dirty when we were made, and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty even when we die. In Matthew chapter nine is an amazing, amazing story about how this little girl had died and everybody's wailing and crying and everything and Jesus shows up and he goes in. They, they bring him there, right? <laughs> I, I've always kind of found this strange. They bring him there because the little girl died but then he tells them, he's like, well she's not really dead she's just asleep and they make fun of Jesus right they all start laughing and and you know ah you're dumb blah 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 so he runs everybody out right he runs everybody out and then in Matthew chapter 9 verses 25 and 26 it says this After the crowd was put outside however Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand And she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. But did you know something here? This is why I say that we have a God that's not afraid to get his hands dirty. But because by the law, by the law, you weren't supposed to touch a dead body. But Jesus went in and grabbed her by the hand. He did not touch a dead body, did he? He touched a live body because as soon as he touched her, she came to life. And you know what? God does the same thing with us. When he touches us, when we were dead in our sins and dead in our trespasses, He touches us and we come to life. The Bible says that we are a new creation, created in Christ Jesus. There is no such thing as death where God is concerned because where he is, there is life. See, God's not afraid to get his hands dirty when he made us. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty even when we die. And he's not even afraid to get his hands dirty when we sin. Because there's another amazing, amazing story in the Bible. And it's found in John chapter 8. Where this lady has been caught in adultery. And so they drag her. Out where all these people are and they are going to stone her because in the that's what it said in the law if you committed adultery you were stoned which I I find it very ironic number one that it was if she was caught in adultery there there's two people (laughs) it takes two people to be adulterous and there was only one because they were trying to trap Jesus, okay? The Pharisees, the religious people were. And they said, she has been caught in adultery, therefore the law of Moses says that she must be stoned. And so Jesus leans down and he does something amazing. In John chapter eight, Verses 6 through 8 we pick up the story that says they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him They being the religious Leaders and stuff like that, but jesus stooped down What makes christianity different you ever heard of another god stooping down No, you won't see They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but he stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust, and everybody went away. And then he looks at the lady and he says, where are all of your accusers, ma'am? And she says, I don't know. And he said, well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Say, what do we have? We have a God that's not afraid to get his hands dirty when he made us. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty when we die. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty even when we sin, God is there with us. Neither do I condemn you. Because see, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Jesus said that himself, and that's John three seventeen. The one right after 3.16, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus didn't come to point out everything that you do bad. He came to make you alive because the gospel did, Jesus did not die on Friday and was not raised on Sunday to make bad men good. It was to make dead men alive. That's the purpose of Easter. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty when he made us, not afraid to get his hands dirty when we die, or even when we sin. He's not even afraid of getting his hands dirty when we hurt, because there was a time that a guy showed up and was blind, and he asked Jesus to heal him, And what did Jesus do? He put his hands into the dirt. And we picked that up in Mark chapter 15 verses 20, oh, I'm sorry, uh, John chapter nine verse six says this. Then Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and then told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam and his eyes were made new. See, even in our pain, God is not afraid of getting his hands dirty to help us. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, did Jesus have to do that? No, he could have just, He could have just said, you know, whatever, and it would have been healed. But Jesus gets down to our level. When we are living in the mud, in the filth, he takes that and does something with it for our betterment. He changes things that are dead into things that are alive, where once we were dead in our trespass, Jesus makes us alive in grace and forgiveness. No, God's not afraid of getting His hands dirty, not by any means. He wasn't afraid of getting His hands dirty when we hurt, but here's the deal. You know, He wasn't afraid of getting His hands bloody when He died. In Mark chapter 15, verses 23 and 24, they offered Him wine drugged with myrrh. But he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. See, God wasn't afraid of getting his hands bloody whenever he, sent his hand, whenever he sent his son to die for our sins. I heard one time it said that the only scars in heaven are on the hands of, Of the one who saved us the only scars in heaven are on the hands of the one that saved us because see god wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty for you to save you not not to make you Uh, not have any fun in life, not to go around pointing out everything you did wrong, not going, Jesus didn't come to die so that you could walk around and, and speak Christianese to everybody. No, Jesus died so that you could live, truly live, often for the first time. He wasn't afraid to get his hands bloody when he died. And you know what? He wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty, even when he rose from the grave. Because one of my absolute all-time favorite stories in the Bible is after Jesus came back from the dead, he had already appeared to his disciples a couple of times for very brief amounts of time, and then they're out fishing, right? They're out fishing. Listen ice, the the most natural thing in the world, these disciples, a lot of them were fishermen, then they went and they were on a ministry with Jesus, and then when he died, they just went right back to what they knew, right? And they're out there fishing, and they're not catching anything. And somebody hollers from the shore and says, hey, y'all caught anything? They say, no. He said, throw your nets over on this side. And they did as they were told. And just like in the very beginning, when they pulled in a lot of fish, it happens again. And that's when John looks up and says, it must be Jesus. And Peter jumps out of the boat and swims to shore. He ain't going to wait on wind. He ain't going to wait on nothing. And what do they find when they get to shore? Their Lord. And what is their Lord doing? Their Lord had just finished a three year ministry where he was betrayed by his own people, put to death on the cross. He spent three days in the grave, right? Spent three days in the grave. And when he came back to life, you know what he did for his guys that weren't out spreading the gospel? They had gone back to what they all knew fishing. And you know what he did? He made them breakfast. He made them breakfast. So the next time you're having trouble understanding God, know that you have a God that is not afraid to get his hands dirty. He was there when you were born. He's going to be there when you die. He's been there to save you from your sin. He will be there in your pain. And in John 21, 9, it says this, when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a fire and some bread, John 21, 9. We have a God. What makes Christianity different? It's the only religion in the world where God does all the work. All these other religions are, if you do this, there's a chance at reward. Our God says, you can't do any of that. Let me do it for you. And you just have faith that I can do that. That's what Christianity is. That is why it's attacked. Because it's the only truth out there. So what does this all mean? It means that God is with us in the beginning and the end. It means that God is with us in our pain. He's even with us in our shame. And He's even with us when we sin. But remember this, what is the dirty truth about Easter? This is the application for today. I said all of that to get to this point right here, and I want you to ponder on this point at least the rest of the day, and this question that I'm going to ask you to ponder, I hope it leads you somewhere closer to God, and here it is. What does Easter mean? What is the dirty truth of Easter? It's this right here. That if Jesus didn't stay dead, what makes you think he's going to stay gone? If Jesus didn't stay dead, what makes you think that he's going to stay gone? Because you see, he's coming back. One day, he's going to step foot back here and make all things new again. And what I hope, what I pray, what I beg God for every single day is that you will be with him for eternity. Because if Jesus didn't stay dead, what makes you think he's going to stay gone? And if he doesn't stay gone, what does that mean to you? I hope that that question spurs you on towards a new understanding of that we have a God that is amazing. We have a God that loves us more than life itself. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die. Not so that you could be a goody two shoes. He's not there with the report card, seeing how good you make. Man, when you give your life to God, you're working on a rewards basis now. You're only gonna get rewarded, never punished. Now, disciplined maybe, yes, but not punished. And I pray That if you don't have a relationship with God, an authentic relationship with God, that he wants one. And how do we get all of our prayers answered? By wanting what God wants and what he wants is for you to love him. That's it. And to live for him just like he lived and died for us. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you on this Easter that you did get your hands dirty when it came to us and that one day we will be made clean because you weren't afraid to get your hands dirty. God, I know that your son is coming back one day and we will either meet him when he does it or we might go to meet him before that happens. But one day we will all stand in front of Jesus An answer for our faith, whether we accepted him or rejected him, whether we lived for him or we just lived a dead life until we died. And it's in Jesus' name I ask all this and I pray. Amen. All right. So you're gonna take the, the little wafer out of the top first. And we will all eat together. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. God, we remember you right now. We remember your body that was given to us on the cross and we remember the blood that was shed. We remember. The sacrifice you made, the last sacrifice, because it was a perfect sacrifice, good for all time. God, you sent your son to die on the cross so that we may find forgiveness from our sins and find faith in you. God, lead and guide all of these people, and I pray that you reveal yourself to them in ways that that they have never believed. I pray that they that a dead person is touched today inside and they become alive. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all so much. Happy Easter, everybody.